Thanks for joining us on the Southside Church Podcast. We seek to build real followers of Jesus, so we hope that you find this message both encouraging and insightful. Let's jump in. Merry Christmas, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome to Southside Online. This Christmas weekend is a great opportunity for us to dive into the Christmas story and see exactly what it means for each and every person on the planet today because Christmas means something very special for each and every one of us. Today, today we've been talking throughout this month about grace and how grace has a name. We sing about amazing grace. We talk about amazing grace, but grace has a name and that name, his name is Jesus. And so Christmas can be a frantic time of year for so many people because we are going all over the place. It's so commercialized. It's so busy, so hectic. There's shopping, there's parties, there's there's recitals, there's school ending, there's family events, church events. My goodness, it just doesn't seem to stop. And so it can be so crazy during this time of year that if we're not careful, we miss what Christmas is truly about. You add on top of that the culture war where people really struggle with how and and why and who to celebrate during this time of year. Well, here there is no struggle. Here there is no debate. It is no discussion. Christmas is neither a discussion nor a debate. Christmas is a person. It is a person that came to change the world, and he wants to do that in your life too. I know Christmas is a time of great anticipation and expectation. It's it's, it's a time that it can try our patience. I know as a child, every child anticipates this time coming. We can't wait for Christmas to come. The night, the nights leading up, the night before Christmas, it just is so difficult to go to sleep and you struggle waiting for that. The anticipation builds and it's so hard to have patience during times like this, especially the younger we are. Well, when you compare that to a life with God and walking with him, it's, it, it kind of is the same. I mean, we, we, we want, Amazon Prime has really de- just destroyed the patience inside of us because we can order something today and in 24 to 48 hours, we can have it delivered to our doorstep. I mean, the Amazon delivery station here in Jefferson, Georgia, they've got a, their own, we have our own room set aside. It's our address, and it has my wife and daughter's names on the door, and it's a room full of packages every day. And they just keep coming. They just come by the droves, and I'm just, just shaking my head. It's crazy. But we, we, we live with an Amazon Prime delivery mentality in everything that we do. We want what we want, and we want it now. And that doesn't just stop with our life and our everyday practices. That bleeds over into faith. Because we, want, we know what we want, we think we know what we need, and if we ask God for those things, we expect him to deliver in 24 to 48 hours. And if he doesn't, it tries our patience. It slows us down. The anticipation is too much. And when it comes to faith, a lot of times people get frustrated and they walk away. They leave and they turn their back because God didn't show up when we felt like he was supposed to. Well, God doesn't work on our time frame. 
because we are not the center of everything. We didn't create the world. God did. God is the center. And God is moving and working and thinking and doing things differently than you and I would or anticipate. You can take that all the way back to the beginning of time. You can take that all the way back to the time of Bethlehem. But right before Jesus was born, even to his announcement, you see, the world was living in anticipation. The Jewish people, the Israelites, were anticipating a savior. They were anticipating a savior in their mind, in the way they saw things, and they wanted a savior to come to free them from Roman tyranny, from the government control over their life, and would establish their own government reign, and people would come and bow to them. That's what the Israelites were looking for. They were looking for a king, not a baby. But God doesn't always move and respond the way we think he should. God prophesied about the Messiah that would come many different times throughout the Old Testament. And, and for the, the, the 400 years leading up to the birth of Jesus, it was a period known as the time of silence when no prophet spoke for God, where God didn't speak to anyone and they had no message from God. And so from the end of the Old Testament to the beginning of the New Testament, there's a period of 400 years where God didn't speak. And then all of a sudden, God began to talk again. And he began with an announcement that changed the world. Matthew chapter one, verse 18, the birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. That's such a, that's, that's, that's such a, uh, it can be a, 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 a humorous statement when you begin to see it that way. I mean, Mary, a young teenage girl, is visited by Gabriel the angel and, she, and t- he tells her that you are gonna have a child and he is gonna save his people from their sin. And Mary has to go to her parents and then to her fiance and say, look, I'm pregnant, but don't worry, it's by the Holy Spirit. I mean, if you're, if you're a parent like me and my child said that, I'd be like, come on, wait a second. Come on, what you talking about, Mary? You know, and it wasn't just mom and dad, it's Joseph too. And, and bo- all, the, whole, the whole situation was a mess because what has happened here, being pregnant and being unwed could have cost Mary her life. At worst, it would have cost her everything in society. She would have been an outcast. She would have been pushed aside and mistreated. She could have even lost her life. That didn't happen. And it says, so her husband, Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly because he loved her and he didn't want to hurt her. Verse 20 says, but after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what has been conceived in her is by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now all of this took place 
to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. This is what the prophet Isaiah said. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated God is with us. For 400 years, God has not spoken a word God has not spoken to anyone. God hasn't shared anything from his word, nothing to people. And now all of a sudden, God begins to speak and he speaks specifically about the one who was coming to be with them. God was coming. It wasn't just anyone. God was coming. Emmanuel was coming, which is translated, God is with us. God is with us. How much would it change your life if you could live every day knowing that God was with you, knowing that God was for you, knowing that God was working on your behalf, that God was listening, God was working, God was moving, God was, God was consoling and comforting and working on your behalf. What would it change about your heart, your mind, your thought process, your words, your actions, the way you treated people, the way you saw yourself? What would change? Because I know this, for everybody in the world longs for companionship. We long for friendship. We want to be with people who get us. Man, I, I want to be around people that get me, that understand me. They understand my sense of humor. They understand my quirks. They understand my weaknesses. They understand where I struggle. I can be real and transparent before my friends because they get me. When you see this story, you see this announcement play out. Joseph, don't you divorce Mary because what is inside of her is there, but it's been conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she's gonna have a son and you're gonna give him the name Jesus because Joseph, even though you're not his father, He's gonna be, he's gonna be the one that you're gonna be responsible to help raise and, and, and help lead. And Joseph, know this before a day is ever lived out on this earth, he will be the one to save his people from their sin. Because Isaiah prophesied, he told it long ago, that the virgin will become pregnant, give birth to a son, and they will give him a name, Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. And this is what is so significant and special about about Jesus. As much as others can sympathize with your weaknesses, they can't offer you what Jesus can. As much as we want other people to get us, people that understand us, people that are like us. Listen, the reason we're we're so naturally drawn to other people is because they don't just get us, they are like us. They get us and they understand us because they are sinners like us. We all have weaknesses, we all have hangups, we all have issues, and we want people that get us and we get them, and, and that just naturally brings us together. But what Jesus does, as much as others can sympathize with us in our weaknesses, they can't offer to you or to me what Jesus can, and that is a God who will be with you. If you don't know this today on this Christmas Eve night, I want you to know this. Jesus is Emmanuel, the God who is with us. The God who is with us. Today, to just give you some statements that I think are so significant and important. God didn't just send us a powerful king 
to rule over our lives. That's what Israel was looking for. They wanted a king. Matthew, when he's writing this story, that's exactly why he's writing it. He is writing to them who wanted a king to show them that Jesus was their king. They didn't see him as a king. They saw him as a baby born in a, in a nowhere town of Bethlehem to just nobody people like Mary and Joseph, a carpenter's kid who grew up around Galilee in that vicinity of Nazareth. And he, he just, he's, he, and he stepped onto the scene. He didn't go to school. He wasn't educated like the rest of them. He didn't do what everybody else did. Jesus wasn't a king. He was a, he was a peasant in their eyes. God didn't just send us a powerful king to rule our lives, even though many times that's what we want. We want somebody that will rule over us and give us what we want. Instead, according to Hebrews 13, 5, God sent us one who said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. See, God, God didn't just send us a powerful king to rule over our lives. God didn't just send us a loving savior to die for our sins. Wait a minute. I thought that's why Jesus came. I thought that's why he came. I thought he came to be a loving savior who would die for our sins, and he did. He did. Mark tells us that. Mark tells us that he wasn't, he wasn't just, a, he wasn't just a, 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 a king. He was a servant, and he didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many So God didn't just send us a loving Savior to die for our sins, even though that's what we talk about in church settings more than anything else. No. In Revelation chapter three, verse 20, Jesus, the risen Savior, the King of kings and Lord of lords, tells the apostle John to write this down. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. John, I stand at the door of people's lives and I knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. See, God didn't just send us a powerful king who would rule over our lives. No. He sent us someone who would be with us and never forsake us and never leave us. God didn't just send us a loving savior who would die for our sins. Oh, no, no, no. He sent us much more than that. He sent us one who wasn't just gonna die for us, but would live for us. And not just live for us, but live with us. Jesus wrote it down on the pages of his book for all of us to read. I stand at the door of your life, your heart, and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. I will come into him, eat with him, and he with me. You see, God didn't just send us his only son to make peace with us. No, he did much more than that. He sent us the one who would come and not just make peace with us, but he would make peace for us. Romans 8, Paul wrote, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, 
nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation. Basically, he just gives us a list, a list of these things, death, life, angels, rulers, things present, things to come, powers, the height, depth, high, low, anything else in all of creation, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. See, God didn't just send us a powerful king who would rule over us. No, 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 no. He sent us a savior who would give his life for us and be with us. But God didn't just send us a loving Savior who would give his life for us, no. No, uh, God sent us his one and only Son who would come and make peace with us. But he did much more than that. You see, he sent us one who is so powerful, who is so loving, who is so everything that we need that with a relationship with him, there is nothing that can separate you from that love that God has come to give through Christ Jesus, our Lord. You see, God came to commit himself to us in a way that literally no one else can. No one else gets you like he does. No one else can do for you what he does. No one else can understand you like he does. Matthew 28, Jesus leaves his disciples and his followers after his resurrection, before his ascension into heaven with these final words. He said, and behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You see, you don't just have a God. No, you got much more than that. See, some people just look at God as a God, as just one of many. It's just one that's there, that's ready to help you if you choose to believe in him. Some people don't believe in God at all. Some people believe that he is a God and the only God, but he's aloof, remote, distant, and out of touch. You don't have a God like that. We don't serve a God like that. You don't just have a God, you have Emmanuel, the God who is with you everywhere you go and in everything you face. That's the God that we have. That's the only God there is to serve. His name is Emmanuel. He's not just a God that is there. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Everywhere we go, in everything that we face, and he's found in the person of Jesus the Christ. You see, Jesus came to do this. Jesus came to illustrate. He came to illustrate for us what God looks like. If you want to know what God looks like, look to Jesus. How do I know what God looks like? Because he's formless, he doesn't have a form, he's, he's a spirit. How do I know what God looks like? Look to Jesus. Because he came to show us what he's like. Jesus came to illustrate God before our very eyes. 
Jesus came to demonstrate God's love and power to a world that is in desperate need and lost without him. Jesus didn't just come to show us what God is like. He came to demonstrate for us what God can do. You read the miracles of the Bible. Don't read them with skepticism and go, nah. Read them and think, if God could do something like that there, what could he do for me here? You want to get a picture of Emmanuel? Jesus came to illustrate, demonstrate, and communicate God's greatest, deepest, richest love for you. Jesus came to do those things illustrate, demonstrate, and communicate God's love to a lost world. St. Augustine said this, to fall in love with God is the greatest romance. To seek God is the greatest adventure. And to find God is the greatest human achievement in the history of the world. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, Peter wrote, The Lord does not delay his promise, as some understand delay. As, as, as we understand delay, as we understand having to wait on things, the Lord does not delay his promise to us in that way. God doesn't work in our time frame, but God is patient with you. And patience is so hard, especially during Christmas because we're so excited and we're ready for this day and we can't wait. Patience is so difficult. But part of the patience is the, 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 the process is what, is what builds the anticipation. And, and then if we translate, Christmas is one thing, but sickness, hurt, pain, loss, finance, disease, divorce, all of these things, tragedy, struggle, anxiety, depression, fear, doubt, those things don't build anticipation. Those things, we don't want to build patience inside of us. We want healing. We want answers and we want it now, but God is patient with us because God isn't wanting you to perish, but he's wanting everyone to come to eternal life. Translation, God is working on your behalf. God is coming. God is moving. God is speaking. Part of that is for us is building the anticipation and the joy and the expectation of what happens when he does come through. You see, you are the reason for the season. You are the reason why Jesus came. Today, don't wait another second, don't wait another minute, another hour, another day, another week, another month, another year. Choose today to commit and surrender your life to King Jesus, to Savior Jesus, to Son Jesus, to Emmanuel, the God who is with you and experience a Christmas 
that you'll never forget. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? My question to you is very simple today. Do you know Jesus? Is he your savior, your God, your king, your Emmanuel? Because today, God doesn't want to just work around you. God wants to be in you. And that happens when you hear his knock, listen to his voice, open the door, and invite him in. Say to him, believing in him, asking him, praying to him, Father God, I believe in you. And I believe that you sent your son to be my savior. Say to Jesus, Jesus, I believe in you. And I am asking for you to forgive me for my sin by your grace and restore me to you. Jesus, be the savior and Lord of my life because I am ready today. I am ready to follow you and I am saying yes to you. Amen. Listen, if you prayed with me today, celebrate that. I'm so thankful for that. I praise God for that. And I invite you in the comment feed below to let us know that you made that decision so that we can put some resources and information in your hand and help you begin a new journey, a new life, a new year with the Lord Jesus Christ, with Emmanuel. He came for you, and you are the reason for the season. Merry Christmas. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. If you made that decision today to say, yes, I do want to choose Jesus. I do want to acknowledge him as my personal Lord and Savior. Congratulations. We could not be more excited for you. And we want to help you in that process and answer any questions that you might have and provide you resources. To do that, simply text Jesus, that's J-E-S-U-S, to 706-449-0870. And one of our pastors on staff will be in touch with you because we want to help you as you walk out your faith. If you thought, you know what, I would like to contribute to all that God is doing in and through Southside. I would like to partner with them. You can do that in three simple ways. First, you can text GIVE, G-I-V-E, to 706-449-0870. Secondly, you can do it on the Southside app in the GIVE tab. Lastly, Southside.online. You can do it through the GIVE section on our website. Thank you so much for being here with us today, and we hope you have a great rest of your week.